On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the, of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces on the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. He went away, wondering to himself what had happened. The woman who went to the tomb that morning did so to faithfully anoint the body of their friend and their teacher and their Lord. They were going to prepare his body for the grave. But that day they discovered something that changed everything. They found that stone rolled away from the tomb and when they entered they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. It says in verse 3 of our reading. The stone was rolled away. The tomb was empty. The body was nowhere to where they expected it to be. And while they struggled to work out what had happened, two angels came with the amazing news. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Now it took some time for the women and the other disciples to fully understand and and comprehend the significance of what had just happened. Even when Peter got to the tomb a little bit later on that morning, he went away wondering to himself what had happened. But eventually the significance of this dawned on all those who followed Jesus. You know, over the years there have been so many amazing men and women who have lived on this planet. They've achieved great things in a whole host of different areas and fields like science and medicine and technology. Human beings can truly be amazing. But none of them have been able to rise from the dead. Even with all their ability and their achievements, the graves of the greatest and the best are still occupied. Their tombs still contain their remains. None of them have conquered the grave. Only one person walked away from the tomb forever. Only one person has ever been able to say, I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. And so the empty tomb declares the uniqueness of Jesus. 
His resurrection announces that he is a human being like no other. He's not just a good man. He's not just a great teacher of truth. He's not just a generous worker of miracles. He is God. Romans chapter 1 verse 4 says about him that he was declared with power to be the son of God by his resurrection from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus announces to us this morning who he really is. He is who he claimed to be. He is our creator. He is the giver and the sustainer of life. He is the eternal son of God. This was Thomas's conclusion when he met the resurrected Christ for the very first time. When he saw those nail marks in his hands and his feet, he bowed before him and declared, My Lord and my God. And folks, this morning, we need to do the same. As we come again to the empty tomb, as we again see the reality of who Jesus really is, we need to bow before him and accept him as our Lord and our God. So the empty tomb of Jesus declares who Jesus really is. But it also proves to us what Jesus has done. Throughout his life, Jesus made some amazing claims. He claimed to be able to transform our lives, to forgive sins, to give us eternal life, to bring us into a relationship with God as our Father. In fact, he claimed that he was the only one who could do this. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's John 14 verse 6. Jesus said that he would do this through the giving of his life for us on the cross. Jesus had told those women who went to that, that tomb on that resurrection morning, he told them the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised Again, it tells us that in verse 7 of our reading. Jesus knew that this was necessary because it was only through his death and his resurrection that our sin debt could be paid for and our redemption could be secured. He said the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And on the cross, as we were thinking about on Friday, on Good Friday, Jesus declared, it is finished. With this word, he declared that his work was complete. That his sacrifice was fully made. That our sin debt has been paid for in 
And it is the resurrection that that proves to us that Jesus' sacrifice was accepted. Our salvation depends on the resurrected resurrection of Jesus. Our forgiveness stands or falls on the emptiness of Jesus' turn. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 17. He says, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Christianity with an em- with a with a dead saviour is empty and powerless. It's hopeless. It's helpless. Without the, the resurrection, there is no forgiveness. There is no rescue plan. But today, we can celebrate because Jesus really is alive. The empty tomb is the proof that Jesus finished the work that he was given to do. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Jesus died on that cross on Good Friday to pay for our sins. And when he rose again, he proved that his sacrifice was over. He proved that his suffering was complete. And that if we just simply put our faith and our trust in him, if we accept him as the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our lives, then we will be declared right with God. Not just now, but forever. Back in the Old Testament, animal sacrifices needed to be repeated again and again. At that temple, they they, they made those sacrifices again and again, repeatedly. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 11 says this, day after day every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again he offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. Folks, the, the fact that these sacrifices needed to be repeated day after day proved that they were never sufficient to fully deal with our sin debt before God. You could never make someone perfect in God's sight. But Jesus' sacrifice was once and for all. Hebrews 10 goes on to say, But when this priest, when Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus rose again. He ascended into heaven and he sat down at the right hand of God because his work was completed. No other sacrifices needed. No other, no other payment for our sins is required. Our salvation has been secured. His payment for our sins is sufficient. The way to God is now open 
through his finished work. So the empty tomb doesn't just declare that Jesus is God. It also declares that he is all that we need. He is all that we need to stand righteous, perfect before God. No matter what we have done, no matter how much we feel we've messed up our lives, no matter how what has happened to us or how, how much we haven't been able to accomplish in our lives, Jesus is all that we need. We don't need to add to what he has done. We can't pay for what he has done. All we need to do is through faith accept it. The resurrection states that we are accepted by God if we simply stand in Christ this morning and in Christ alone. So the empty tomb declares who Jesus is and what Jesus has accomplished. But thirdly, it also announces Jesus' victory over death. In March 2008, the mayor of a village in southwest France threatened residents with severe punishment if they died. The reason for this strange request was that or strange threat, was that there was no longer any room in their, in their overcrowded cemetery to bury them. And so in an ordinance posted in the council offices, the mayor told the 260 residents of the village that all persons not having a plot in the church cemetery and wishing to be buried there were forbidden from dying in the parish. And the order added, offenders will be severely punished. Now, of course, we recognise that that's a crazy law. We can't control death. In fact, it's the other way around, isn't it? Death controls us. The Apostle Paul, speaking of Adam, the very first human being, he said, by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man. Since Adam's rebellion against God's command in the Garden of Eden, death has been in charge. Without exception, death has the final word. Everybody dies. So if Jesus is still in his tomb today, then we have no long-term future. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 again, if Christ, (coughs) excuse me, If Christ has not been raised, then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If death defeated Jesus, then death wins every time. Then the grave is the end. And all those who have died in Christ, whether we're thinking about the the first apostles or the first martyrs, or we're thinking about those of our family members who have died while trusting in Jesus, then they're all lost forever. If Jesus did not rise again, then there is no hope. And we're just like the rest of this world 
who don't trust in Jesus. There's nothing to celebrate then this morning. But the empty tomb of Jesus declares that this is not the case. Because Jesus is alive today, we can be sure that he will come back for us who have trusted in him. Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 14, We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. And that's what we've celebrated already in our time of communion this morning. Our communion is not just a declaration of what Jesus has done on the cross. It also looks forward. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So the resurrection of Jesus is the guarantee of the resurrection of everyone who has trusted in him. By rising again, Jesus shows that he has defeated death. He has broken his power and he has set free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Jesus gives us that sure and steadfast hope of life beyond the grave. When the disciples understood the the implication of this, they lived in amazing freedom. The freedom of knowing that whatever happened, whatever struggles they faced, whatever uh, issues they went through, whatever suffering they endured, whatever people did to them their future was certain their destiny was sealed they've been given a a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish spoil or fade Kept in heaven for you. As Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 1. Folks, because of the empty tomb. Death does not have the final word. The grave is not our destiny. Jesus is coming back for all of us who have trusted in him. Because of Jesus' empty tomb. Death has been swallowed up in victory. The empty tomb gives us amazing hope for the future. But it also transforms our present. The resurrection of Jesus is the promise of eternal life that starts now. Easter Saturday must have been intolerable for the disciples. Can you imagine what that was like? The the one that they'd given up everything to follow was now gone. Their lives were empty, directionless, purposeless. 
They were now alone. What would they do now? How would they cope? How could they survive? But on the Sunday, everything started to change. Their fear was overcome. Their empty hearts were filled. Their direction became clear. Their purpose was fixed. And from then on, they lived extraordinary lives. That was because Jesus was now with them. Their lives were transformed by the presence of Jesus. This is what Jesus said to them in John 14 and 19. Because I live, you also will live. And Jesus promised that he would never leave them. His final words to them before he ascended to heaven were, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And this promise is for each of us who have trusted in Jesus. Because of the empty tomb, Jesus is alive today. And by his Holy Spirit, he is with us. He is in us. We have Christ's presence with us every day. He has promised, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And this makes all the difference in our lives. So today, we can experience his peace. His Easter greeting was, peace be with you. And Jesus still brings us his peace. He brings us into a relationship with, of peace with God. As the empty tomb declares that there is nothing standing between us. And he gives us that peace in our hearts. A peace that's not based on easy circumstances, but a peace that goes beyond all understanding because it comforts our hearts in the difficulties and the troubles and the struggles of life. We can also have his protection with us as he constantly intercedes for us. Hebrews 7.25 says, He is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus is our faithful high priest. He's always watching over us. He's always interceding. He's praying for us. So we never need to fear because we're held in his hands and he will never let go. He can also have his provision for us, for our every need. Paul said, my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches that are in Christ Jesus. (coughs) Whatever need we have today, Jesus is able to meet it and more. He will provide for us, not just according to our needs, but according to his glorious riches. And we can also have his resurrection power to enable us to do more than we could ever ask or imagine. That power that's working in us is the the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 1 verse 19 says, 
God works in us, in our lives, with his resurrection power. So the resurrection proves to us that no matter how big our problems are, God is bigger still. And his power is unstoppable. And as a result of this, we can have a clear purpose for living. No longer do we just need to live for today and for ourselves. Now we are called to give our lives in service for the Lord, knowing that everything that we do, no matter how small, will be of eternal significance. Paul said in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Because Jesus is alive, we are called to live in him and for him. Today we're invited to allow the risen Christ into our lives because then we will experience life in all its fullness. Even in the middle of these difficult times. So much has changed since last Easter. The world has been shaken. Life has been disrupted. What we once called normal seems like it may never return. It's been easy to be discouraged, to lose hope, to feel the foundations of our faith begin to crumble. It's hard to keep our feet planted when the ground beneath feels like shifting sand. Now more than ever, we need to stand on the truth of Easter, a day which changed our eternity, changed our world, forever death was defeated by life sin was consumed by mercy the grave was swallowed up by victory see even in the darkest of moments the love of Jesus could not be stopped his faithfulness could not be broken and when the dust settled Jesus he stood alive and victorious Today, may we remember the truth of Easter, the power of the resurrection, and the promise of eternity. Yes, the world has been shaken, but the grave, it's still empty. And Jesus, he's still risen. The empty tomb transformed the lives of those women who discovered it empty early on that first resurrection morning. And it's still the most important discovery of all time. That day is still the most momentous day of history. The empty tomb of Jesus still changes everything. It declares who Jesus is. He is 
the Son of God. It declares what he has done. It says that he is all that we need. It announces Jesus' victory over death and tells us that he's coming back for us. And offers Jesus' presence in our lives that we can live in him. My prayer is that all of us will live in the joy and the freedom and the power of that empty tomb. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you. Thank you this morning, this resurrection morning, that we can celebrate that the tomb is empty. That Jesus rose from the dead. That he is not there anymore. He has risen, just as he promised. Lord, we just, we just want to celebrate and rejoice in that wonderful truth, Lord. We, we rejoice in the fact that it proves to us who Jesus truly is. He really was declared with power to be the, the Son of God by his resurrection from the grave. Lord, I thank you so much that, that, it, that, it, that it declares what Jesus has done for us. That his death on the cross was sufficient to pay for our sins. That on the cross he became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And that is a reality, that is a truth, that today if we put our trust in him, we can stand before you forgiven, clean, perfect. No matter what we have done and no matter what we haven't done, if we are in Christ, we are accepted by you. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful reality. Lord, even in the middle of a pandemic that is that is hurting uh, uh, so many people, where so many people have lost their lives, we can still today rejoice because Jesus' resurrection proves that he has conquered the grave. That the grave does not have the final say in our lives. That death is not the end for us. But Lord, that we have that sure and certain hope that one day Jesus is coming back for us to take us to be with him forever. But Father, thank you that it's not just a, a hope for some time in the future, but Lord, thank you that the resurrection is a reality that we can live in today. That we can experience the presence of a risen Savior today. And we can depend on him on his peace, on his power, on his provision, on everything that he wants to give into our lives and that we can live with that purpose of, of living for him each and every day. Father, I pray that this truth, this reality will sink down deep in our hearts this morning and that we truly will be able to celebrate that Jesus is alive in us and that we will live in the joy and the freedom and the power of the resurrection. Not just today, Lord, but tomorrow and the rest of this week and the rest of our lives. That we will live as resurrection people, celebrating, depending on, resting in our risen Lord and Saviour. In his name we pray and for his glory. Amen.